Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Dick Clark hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo. Mouth! In your mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to... Oh, oh God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Hey there and welcome back folks once again and for one final time of 2020 I am your hostess with the mostest Munoz and maybe it's much too early in the day Oh, but I thought I'd ask you just to say What are you doing New Year's, New Year's Eve? Nothing, bitch. That's what I'm doing New Year's Eve because we're still in a motherfucking pandemic. And if you are doing something, right? Oh, my God. I just read today that like the white party in Puerto Vallarta was canceled because Puerto Vallarta was like, we are locking down so y'all can stop coming here. (laughs) And rightfully so. Stay your ass at home. I'm just going to say it at the beginning of the pod. So, and repeat it again at the end of the pod. Stay your ass at home. I'm really excited for today's episode. And I'm just going to bring today's guest on because today's episode is all about a year in retrospective. A 2020 in your mouth, like year in review. So please join me in welcoming the one, the only, my gay bartender and yours too, Adam Tabulea. Hi, bitch. What's up? Yes. Welcome back, Cotter. How are you? Honey, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me back. I'm like thrilled to be closing out the year with something like this. Yes. Closing out the year and closing your legs to married men. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, just within reason. Okay. Yes. Yes, (laughs) indeed. I am really, really excited to have you back. And I, when I was thinking about this and what I wanted to do for the last podcast of the year, I could think of nobody better to be here with me to kind of celebrate all the shit show that the year has been, the good, the bad, the ugly, the really ugly, um, and all of it. Well, I mean, I'm really happy that you, you know, associate me with shit show immediately. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that's very on brand for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it was really a highlight of... uh, But we'll we'll get to that coquito recipe in a minute. Well, (laughs) we got a lot to talk about, sis. Don't come for me. It's too early. (laughs) But in the grand tradition, and for the last time in 2020, I want to wish you, and this is a this is a doozy of a day, happy National Bacon Day. I mean, uh, if you're not celebrating this, you're probably Jewish, and I forgive you. But all I'm going to say is that bacon is a universal... Uh, must in my book makes everything better and for those who unfortunately uh don't like it or can't eat it i'm so sorry this day yeah. is not for you there's, there's turkey bacon out there there is duck oh duck bacon mm. um, i've seen uh you know carrot bacon tabitha brown she oh, like kind of went viral brown. with that 
Speaking of joys that uh, 2020 gave us, and she is not, she did not make this list. How did I forget about the one and only Tabitha Brown? Honey, (laughs) that's your business. This is why I need you here. Yeah, exactly. I'm here to fill in the gaps. Like what, like, again, very on brand. Yes, filling in the gaps. Shout out to you, Jonathan Hoover. (laughs) He says hi, by the way. (laughs) Hi, that's Adam Tevely's man for all of you out there. So yeah, happy National Bacon Day. But this is also a double day because why not have it be a double day? And it's actually, I want to also wish you happy National Baking Soda Day, a.k.a. Bicarbonate of Soda Day. I, okay, first of all, we're out of baking soda, which is sad because we were trying to make ginger snaps last night. And we it was literally like 1130 at night. And we were like, do we go to the bodega and get baking soda? Like, yes. I think we need it. Um, we didn't. But I love me some baking soda in some good-ass baked goods. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, baking soda is a is a miracle, like chemical compound here. Unsung hero. It really is. Like everything from, you know, cleaning the bathroom to doing your laundry to whitening your teeth and solving indigestion. (laughs) She's verse, honey. She is verse. She is the verse queen of the century. (laughs) Come on, kitchen verse. I live. Listen, they called me, they used to call me a kitchen top, but I feel like I'm becoming a kitchen verse these you're the, days. Yeah, you're like the baking soda of the gay community. Yes, <laughs> but according to WebMD, because I re- I know that baking soda does all these things, but I kind of wanted to do a little bit more research. You know, you can use a baking soda to calm indigestion, uh, treat insect, insect bites and stings, keep your mouth healthy, control odors, allegedly help chemotherapy work? Wow. Yeah, apparently some chemotherapy drugs need alkaline conditions. Others become more toxic in an acid environment. That's why some doctors suggest using some form of sodium bicarbonate for best treatment results. Your oncologist can tell you if your drugs will get a boost from baking soda. We are not doctors. Do not take my word and start (laughs) like if you're going through something. But I found it, you know, I found it just really interesting. And, you know, WebMD is the end-all be-all. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, you know, it also helps because when you're making those beautiful, delicious, rich baked goods and then you throw a couple of teaspoons of baking soda in there, it's healthy after at that point. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So <laughs> Allegedly, uh, it treats kidney disease as well. I mean, I more ginger snaps, please. Hello. Um, there's uh, some baking soda don'ts, though. Don't use it to soothe your skin. Don't use it to style your hair. Who knew people were doing oh. this? And allegedly, um, athletes um, do something called soda loading, and it can make you sick if you uh, get too much of it. It's about like runners drinking large amounts of baking soda before a race or meet. Does it make that, maybe it makes them like retain water to keep them hydrated? Uh, I guess, because it. I, I would assume it has to do with pH balance. Again, not a doctor. Not a doctor, <laughs> but uh, but play one on the radio, on the yeah, internet radio. <laughs> well, all of that to say, happy National Bacon and Baking Soda Day to you out there and to you as well, Adam. Yes, they are essentials. We we love them. Yes, I, I agree. They are the essential workers of the food world. And moving right along into this day in gay history, did you know, Adam, that on Today, December 30th, a collective of artists, DJs, and performers take ownership of the stud, which they bought from Michael McElhaney upon his retirement. The stud was kind of was a leather bar in San Francisco, very, very famous, that we actually lost due to the pandemic. It's one of the businesses that shut down this year as well. So I found this super, super interesting. Yeah, I um, actually am a Bay Area native. And so the stud is uh, definitely not a stranger to me. I actually have never been there. Surprisingly, it's very much my type of environment, you could say. Um, 
But when I heard uh, that it was going to be shutting down, it just, it was heartbreaking to me. Like, it's so iconic and like, it has been a safe space for a lot of queer people. And so, um, you know, if, if we've got people swooping in to protect it, I can't, I got nothing but love for that. Yeah, for sure. And once again, the reason I have you here, I love that the Bay Area native, like, facts of it all. I hadn't been to the stud in forever, but it was, like, one of the first places, I think, I went on my first trip to San Fran because it's so iconic and so old. And I was like, got to go to the stud, you know? Yeah. And, well, and, you know, when I first started going up to San Francisco, I was a little galing, like, before I was even actually 21. And so the stud, to me, seemed like this very, like upper echelon of like the gay world like you know the like you know the daddy's play space and i was just this little thing that was like oh my god the sad like i don't know i could never <laughs> and now look at you i know <laughs> singing a different song now oh sniffing bottles of tom of finland vodka for your nerves that's honey that's right it doesn't it doesn't work quite like that but um i have to say i did do a collab recently with tom of finland they sent me a bottle of their vodka and uh i made a you know a recipe for them called the dirty pickle but for vodka you have to taste it in a straight up martini and i have your to say, no, up your it, up your nose apparently right up the nose right up <laughs> <Yes>. the nose <laughs> uh, but i have to say that it's actually a really quality product like i you know when I order my vodka martinis, they are extra dry with a twist, like no frills. I want to taste the vodka. And so I was really happy with uh, their product. It was really good. I love that. I love that. Shout out to you, Tama Fiddlin Vodka. Not a sponsor of In Your Mouth, but a sponsor of my gay bartender. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. We. I love that I just did a little product placement for you. Um, yeah, for them, really. Oh, for them. <laughs> and uh, I also love, have you ever had this since you're a big bartender? The, the people who come to the bar and order a martini, but with not a lot of booze be like, oh, can I have a martini? But I don't want a lot of booze. Can you make it light? And you're like, girl, the whole thing is booze. I mean, I could write a list of the ridiculous things that people come up and ask for. Um, and that is definitely one of those things that is on the list. I, however, I will say that if somebody's ordering a vodka martini straight up or a gin martini, they usually know what they're doing. So I'm, I'm usually like... I, I always get people coming up, you know, ordering like Long Island, but make it strong. And I'm like, it's literally all liquor with like a <laughs> splash of tooth. Like, you yeah. can watch me make it. Um, but, you yes. know, a lot of people order shit that they don't know, like they, they don't know anything about. So, yeah, I mean, it's what I've been doing all throughout this quarantine, just going on Amazon and ordering shit I know nothing about and don't need. <laughs> and then hoping it just works out when it shows up. Yep, or that, or that's much like those grinder hookups too. Hoping it works <laughs> out when they show up. But let's get to the getting on. For those of you that don't remember, uh, Adam Tabalea has been on the podcast before. I think it was episode one thirty-five. Yes, one thirty-five. Memory. Yes, memory. Isabella. <laughs> <laughs> But if you don't know, and you should, and you should go back to episode 135 because it's a really good one too. Adam Tebalea is the producer, writer, host, and editor of My Gay Bartender, a cocktail tutorial web series that offers recipes, beverage history, and niche queer pop culture references. She's also now a TikTok queen. Oh. He is also a California-born musical theater queen and queer actor who began bartending the day after he turned 21 in between giggeries. She's got all of the receipts in order. Hello. Yeah. And you need them and you need them. I so mean, welcome. With, with so me. welcome back. Yes. Thank you. Happy <laughs> so to welcome be here. back. And what are we drinking since you are my gay bartender? What are um, we drinking? Well, lately, and I, well, we can just launch into this controversial topic. I've been drinking a lot of Coquito. And I know you're going to read me the house down boots about this because you left a shady ass comment on my TikTok. <laughs> we'll also get to that topic later. Um, but uh, I did make bottles of Coquito to bring to my uh, neighbors in my building 
um, along with some of those ginger snaps that I was talking about earlier. I love that. Listen, we accept all forms <laughs> of coquito in every shape and size here on In Yo Mouth. But <laughs> there's a way to make it. And then there's a way to not make it, at least in the house of Munoz, of Torres well, Munoz. And I have to say that it is like, um, like many cocktails, uh, like big name cocktails, uh, its history is a little bit muddled. You see what I did there? I did. I did. I did. <laughs> but, you know, I did so much research on Coquito because it is something that I didn't really know about until I moved to New York City. It was one of those like holiday things that popped up and I was like, what is this? And like, who are these people coming into the bar and selling people bottles out of their like backpack? Like, I just, I, I had no idea what it was. And so finally, you know, living up in Washington Heights, we've got a very dense uh, Latin, Puerto Rican, Dominican, uh, population up here. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was inundated very quickly to uh, Coquito and it has become one of those things that I just love about the holidays. So when I decided to do an episode based on it, um, I knew that I would have to do like a fair amount of research because there are recipes that have eggs in it, which I know is like, absolutely not. But, oh, like, no. Yes. There are... Of course, the eggs. Oh, See, listen. I... See, this is, this is, and this is the crazy thing because I find people who are like, absolutely not like, I was born in Puerto Rico. I've lived here for 29 years. We don't use eggs. And it's just like people get, I mean, it's one of those things where every family has a different recipe. And I feel like they, like everybody thinks that they have the recipe. Well, I, so I mean, I I'm here to tell you that Mama Gladys has the recipe because of course, growing up, Puerto Rican, Boricua in Brooklyn. For those of you that don't know, Coquito, and or I don't want to spend all episode on Coquito, but, Coquito but we is, could. <laughs> yes, we could. It's Puerto Rican eggnog. It's like a Latino eggnog. It's coconut-based um, instead of like, you know, milk-based, but there is milk in it. And it's spicy. There's a shit ton of rum in it. It's delicious. And it is a very controversial subject. Even when I tell Puerto Rican friends um, about the way we make coquito in the Munoz Torres household, it is, people are like, wait, what is happening? And it is the real way. We use real coconuts, those brown coconuts. It's an all-day process. You got to crack the coconuts. You got to taste the water to make sure the water isn't where it's in. You got to peel the coconut uh, meat out of those brown coconuts. You have to chop it up. You have to throw it through a cheesecloth that has been passed down through the ages from grandmother to grandmother that has been seasoned with all the coquito. Yes, there's eggs. And if you are not using 151, yes, 151 proof rum in your coquito, are you making coquito at all is what I have to say to you. <laughs> I No, and I live for that because I have found so many different types of coquito recipes using different types of rum, different methods, like some using actual just like shredded coconut flakes that they like blitz in the blender and stuff. Like there are so many different versions of it. And I actually kind of love that about it. But I really like, I don't know, my gay bartender, like that brand is really about accessibility for people. And so the cool thing about the episode um, is that I've actually had a number of followers that have made it and are like sending me pictures of them drinking it or bottling it up and giving it as gifts. And there's just, I just think it's really cool because Coquito is one of those things that's like a lot of people know or like have been exposed to it, but they don't really know what's in it or anything about yep. it. And so it's been really interesting to watch people like take it and just run with it. I have to be very honest. I gasped when I just, and I love the accessibility and that people are trying it. I fully support you. You know, I love and support you. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I sure as hell gasped when it was like, open can, pour, open can, pour. And I was like, because ah, ah, I know that the, Full day process that my mother and I go through. Fully. Oh yeah. And and look, there is there is nothing like like oh, making something rigidy scratch. Like I make yes. my chicken stock from scratch at home. I make a lot of shit from scratch. Um, and so I like. I would love to experiment with more like different kinds of recipes or like, like find like something really old and antiquated that like somebody has passed down from generation. You should just share your recipe with me. I'll make it next year. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's held close. I asked Mama Gladys for it the other day and she was like, what are you doing with it? You know, we don't give this out to anybody. 
And I was like, okay, sorry. All right. Well, you know, we'll see. Maybe later. But we'll listen, see. I am I am here for the Rachel Ray of it all. But yes. but we had to, but uh, we had to dissect. We had to dissect. And I just want to move on because I I really I really want to get into this retrospective of 2020. Yes. How was it? Let's just start there. How was it for you? I mean, Look, overall, a shit show, but there were beautiful highs and crushing lows emotionally, uh, professionally, um, in the food industry. Um, I think we can, it, it was a really challenging year for all of us, but it also, uh, I, I think, kind of forced uh, creativity that otherwise wouldn't happen um, yeah. under the circumstances that we've all been living under. Um, and so, for those of us who are artists and those of us who are creatives, um, having that extra time to funnel into ideas and uh, skill sets that you wanted to spend time honing. Um, dirty, you know, there, there have dirty, been silver dirty linings. Twitter scrolling. That's, that's the only <laughs> skill yeah. I've got. There have Scroll been silver Twitter. linings to the dark cloud of 2020. I'll just say that. Uh, your, what, what was your, like, your highest point during 2020? Oh, wow. Well, you know what? One of my highest points uh, of 2020 happened just a few days ago when Miss Coco Peru followed me on Instagram. Legendary drag icon. The Coco um, Peru, yes. The Coco Peru. And... Um, I reached out to her. I, uh, I reached out to her on Instagram because I'm starting uh, an icon series where I'm making cocktails based off of queer pop culture icons, and she's one of the people that's at the top of the list. So I just like slid into the DMs and I was like, Miss Coco, I want to make a cocktail based off of you. Do you have any input? And she was so sweet and gracious, and we totally had like a conversation in the DMs. And she was just like, I love being supportive. I love hearing this kind of stuff. I'm so flattered. And you showed that, her your, for me, you was showed her really your butthole. Hard. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So like 16 year old me, like from watching her in trick back, like, you know, 20 yeah. years ago, um, I, I was just screaming on the inside. So that was a high point for me. Um, what about you? Oh my God. Um, so many, I, I guess, I mean, and besides dirty Twitter, I, 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 <laughs> Come really, on, I, sis. I really can't, I really, I don't know. I think I have a problem. I just can't stop talking about dirty Twitter because it's so stupid. <laughs> I'm obsessed. <laughs> and all, and all my friends, uh, uh, nether regions that I have found across the interweb because of, I think, I think the high point of this year, and at times I really was over it and didn't want to do it, really was this podcast. And mm -hmm. I didn't want, I know it sounds cheesy, but it really has kept some structure in my life and some and kept me going and even when i didn't want to do it and i pushed through and did it like the end result was always so great and i got to meet so many freaking great people like the at the last 6 months of the year has been uh gay liberty after gay liberty you included i mean i love that i was i was just scrolling through cuz i knew we would talk about this at some point but from you to dan pelosi to dan toro to chef mavis j and cicely sierra cicely sierra was on upn's one on one forever she's like actual celebrity yeah. um the grub father who has like 500 like thousand followers on Instagram, but never mentioned me, but that's another story, but I still ah! love you. <laughs> to, uh, to Charles Chen, listen, we, talk, we, we speak in facts and truth It's here. all good, sis. <laughs> right? And I still love him and I would still sleep with him. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's no. <laughs> to Charles Chen, to Dustin Harder, also would sleep with him. Uh, to Chanley Borges of Gays Gotta Eat and Elliot Norris, with, I would sleep with a My Gay Kitchen and Call Me Belly. Um, there were drag queens, drag queens galore. Susie Wong was on last week of Susie Wong's uh, House of Yum. Um, oh my God, Arnold Mint was a joy to have on. Uh, Hasta la Vista, uh, Melody Lucas. I mean, Amazing. it was just so many people and bringing all the food liberties together in into one spot um has been just such a such a blessing and such a high point and um yeah uh like i'm shady boots to some of them right here on this pod but everybody I, was so love. great uh, yes but you know and that was that was the high point and 
and the podcast turning into um turning into telling people's stories through a food lens your story through a cocktail lens like through this food lens and getting to learn about you know growing up um and coming out in foster care growing up and being thrown out of your house but like all of a sudden we were talking about baking cakes and all of a sudden somehow it led into oh yeah I was thrown out of the house and this and that and I absolutely figured it out and it was like whoa you know that was really definitely like a super high point of the year. And I hope it doesn't end because I am legit running out of gay food. <laughs> well, here's, here's the deal is that, uh, you know, you actually, you should write this down. You should maybe, um, I don't know if you've, if you've had her on yet, but my, my friend Courtney Rada, um, she is a food network host. Um, and she had a show called carnivorous. Um, and she's like, queer lesbian food personality so funny it's super amazing um so i mean she would be a great person to have on your show for yes, a little you gotta make chat. the connect you gotta make yeah the connect. um and, but i agree with you like in a year where it feels like uh it, it, it could be so easy this year to feel purposeless um yeah. and so i feel you on having that creative outlet you have this podcast like my episodes of my gay bartender have given me something to funnel my creative energy into have kept my feet on the ground in some way um, in during your, a time your, that your feet in the ground and your legs in the air. Yeah. Or... <laughs> I mean, all the best parts of me truly, but um, having a creative outlet, I think I agree with you, like is, is yeah. so crucial at a time like this. And these people, like I, when I started and I've said this before, I've started this podcast when I took it on solo and I thought it's going to be gay and fun and all about me. And it's turned into not about me at all. And, you know, I have merch now, which is all about me. And, but every time I promote this merch, it feels really, really weird to be talking like, and like self promoting in that way, when really you've learned about me through other people's stories, but it's really been about the other person and the other person shining. And I mean, so many gracious people like uh, uh, Chef Christina Sibeli sent me a hot French toast, like a, 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 like a brioche French toast loaf, hot right before it arrived, seconds before we, uh, we hit the record button. That's lit. That was lit. I, was, I, I also was blessed to be on uh, other people's podcasts this year. Shout out to you, Whispering Hunties and Jam, uh, Jamila at Jam Packed. Jamila is out in California as well. Um, sent me some Don Julio and Grand Marnier, and it was her birthday. And like right before we hit record. And I was like, what is happening? Wow. <laughs> How did they like uh, organize all of this? Did they have just like, was it like Postmates just showed up? Yeah. I was like, I was like, oh no, Uh, Christina Sibeli, you can like messenger things through Uber. You know that? Mm -hmm. Like you you literally just call an Uber and don't get in. You just put the package in. (laughs) I've actually seen um, on the streets of New York City, like Ubers pull over on the side of the road, open the door and it's just a dog that gets out. And like... Like there's split custody between like a couple who has a dog. Like, yeah, so yeah. you can deliver that's your dogs, a- deliver your booze. Yeah. Thanks, Uber. Yeah, it, it just does everything. Uber, not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but if they want to be. But if they want to be, I will take it and take it good. First. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So that's definitely been like a very special highlight. And also, it's also been a highlight of seeing all the people that I have met and um, grow within themselves, watching you do what you do and like grow and shine. And yes, I'm shady about your coquito and I will always be shady about your coquito. <laughs> Let it be known. But you're growing and you're shining and people are living for for what you do. And that is so special in in that way, you know, seeing Elliot Norris like climb the ladder of success, you know, in his like also easily accessible. And sometimes I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> but I mean, the boy literally made food in his dishwasher the other day. <laughs> That's crazy. I uh, I I wouldn't eat it. I, I love you, Elliot, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not eating it. You know? No, ma'am. Yeah, well, but you people know, are I, living and loving it, you know? Absolutely. Well, I think one of the other cool things about this year, and I think about what you're doing, and what, well, what, what both of us are doing is, I really think that there's sort of an emerging um, 
uh, aspect of the food industry that is specifically queer. There are so many of us that are part of the food entertainment industry, but we haven't been like, not organized, but like there's no real, and not only, not only are there so many of us that are in food entertainment, they're like, we are consuming uh, food and entertainment as a population, the queer population is, um, you know, at a very, very high rate. And so to me, it seems only natural that these stories and these personalities are beginning to be brought to the surface. And I hope that at some point there is, whether it's, you know, uh, some kind of, uh, a show or a network or a portion of food network or low, you know, something that kind of like allows that uh, aspect of our industry to really shine its light. Um, Because I think what we're seeing is that there is very much an audience for for this. Honey, you're talking to you're talking to somebody who's been at the forefront of this march. (laughs) Yeah. For the last three years, honey. No, for the try since 2009. Get it. You are talking, and speaking of celebrating uh, people in the food industry and queer people, and not necessarily queer people in the food industry, I want to take this to a little bit more serious note um, uh, and give it a little bit of space because we have lost some notables. And what would be uh, this in your mouth, an in your mouth retrospective of, of 2020 wouldn't be a retrospective at all if we didn't like just take a moment and celebrate some of these food notables and some uh, LGBTQ people that may have passed, not may have passed, that have passed uh, this year, starting with the one and only uh, Cecilia Chang. And I hope I said that right. Yes. Cecilia Chang, who brought uh, authentic Chinese food to America. She died at 100 years old. Uh, This woman, literally, you have to go out there and read her story and read her journey from uh, from it's it's absolutely insane and beautiful and the way she changed the the face of what chinese food looked like in america is incredible and um she passed this year and i wanted to honor her i just watched actually one of the things that i've been doing during quarantine is rewatching a lot of top chef and um uh, there was just an episode that she was on uh, where the chefs went to San Francisco and it was so inspiring listening to her story about, you know, how she like really just paved a path for uh, a huge cultural part of the food industry, uh, particularly in California, which has a really dense Asian population. Um, So to be at the forefront of that is just so incredible. And in that episode, which, you know, was shot a few years ago, but, and so she was in her nineties, but she was still so alive and vibrant and, and sharp as a tack. And um, it's just, for me, you know, I'm half Filipino. And so anytime I see an Asian woman succeed, I'm like, yes, mama. (laughs) You know, like I, it just warms me so much. And so, I mean, I'm, I, she had a hundred years on this earth, which is incredible, left behind an incredible legacy. And I urge you all to go out and find the New York Times uh, article about her because her journey is so incredible just to read and watch. And we wouldn't be eating the way we eat today if it wasn't for this one person, which is incredible to think about. Also, um, Top Chef Pierre Trois Gros died and he uh, he died at age 92 and he really helped reinvent uh, French cuisine and he was at the forefront uh, with his brother Jean of what they call Nouvelle Cuisine. And for those of you out there who don't know what Nouvelle Cuisine, Nouvelle Cuisine is an approach to cooking and food presentation in French cuisine. It's it's more demure. It's uh, it's more about presentation and flavor than it is about like these large dishes. And he was at the forefront of that. And we lost yet another trailblazer in the food world today, but who left behind a long legacy in food. Well, and I think that's, you know, one of the really amazing things uh, is that, especially with chefs of this magnitude, is that they're, they they continue working literally until the day that they die. 
um, and, and their work serves them until then. And so, um, you know, it is so sad to see these legends uh, leave us, but it's also amazing to know that they never really will because yeah. of the contributions that they've made. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And talk about having a passion um, just for exactly what you do. And uh, the last person I kind of want to celebrate today on the pod is a uh, Top Chef Masters winner and chef, a chef who died very, very young, Floyd Cardoz. Um, he was an Indian chef. He passed away from coronavirus at age 59. And I didn't know that actually he influenced a lot of the way we eat in America um, because he, he was at the CDC at Les Pinas um, with the late chef Gray Kuntz. And he literally was part of this family tree that branched out of a Hall of Fame of Kitchen that changed gastronomy in America for the better. And this was according to David Chang. Um, so it's so many, so many like great people who will forever leave a lasting impression on the way we eat and like, we never think about that. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is just, it's just food. But like, it's so, it's so, like, there's so much depth into it that like, you never really think about. Well, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I think this has been one of the things that I've learned throughout this year is uh, feeling hooked into emotion and memory through food. Uh, really, I think, especially as we get older, um, really, uh, triggers a lot of feelings inside of you. You know, food is such an important part of our everyday life. And so you you don't necessarily think about all of the work and contribution that goes into the food that we eat because we're just thinking, oh, you know, I'm hungry and I got to nourish my body. And so I think what I'm really uh, happy about is, you know, the fact that we uh, have platforms to tell these stories and to give credit um, to the people who really have had an influence over our everyday life. And, indeed. And you bring, a, bring up a good point, which Mikey Bell, shout out to you all the way from Wales, uh, brought up on the podcast of several episodes ago, which was he found his inspiration cooking by the moment he realized um, that he saw food beyond the service it provides, beyond beyond that, I just need this to survive. Like, no, actually, there's there's a history behind here. This, this recipe actually came from my grandmother and holds a lot of history. And this is the reason I know how to make eggs this way. Or so once you see food beyond its service and like the depth and that it brings, you know, um, Dan Pelosi also, his uncle said uh, in Italian, and I forget the word now, that uh, no one no one gets old at the table, right? And Mikey Bell took that as in, you know, people, people never die at the table because their recipes live on. They live on through their recipes. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, really beautiful when you think of things like that. And there's so much just depth in food that is beyond flavor and sustenance. Yeah, I think I think you can kind of boil it down to that moment in Ratatouille when that like really snooty restaurant critic takes a bite of the Ratatouille and gets like transported back to like his mother making it for him and like that moment like it's the the power that food has, you know, we we overlook that so much uh because we're too busy to really sit down and enjoy it sometimes. Um so it's it's I think it's very appropriate to, you know, take time to really uh, honor and uh, appreciate yes. the, the work and the contribution that went into the stuff that we put in exactly. your mouth. And, obvi and obviously, this podcast would be like eight hours long if we covered everybody who passed away this year. And we started going into the social injustices um, for our you know, black and brown sisters and our trans sisters and all of that. We honor them too on this day, on this podcast, in this retrospective, right? But these uh, three foodies really stood out to me. And it's it's people that you haven't really heard of. And, you know, we're just pouring one out for everybody who has left us uh, too mm -hmm. soon this year. But, you know, 
I'm just going to leave it there and, you know, take that moment for them. And I'm just going to take us into and lighten it up a little to my favorite part. And I think it's your favorite part of the podcast, (laughs) Adam. Now, a little bit of something I like to call Food News Update. Food News. Food News. Honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. McDonald's is releasing a new burger made with Spam and Oreos. No, no, no. This is not the Oreo collab we're looking for. The Lady Gaga Oreo collab, I'm here for that. Um, But when it comes down to Lady Gaga Oreos versus Mariah Cookies, Mariah Cookies will always win. (laughs) It's true. Now, here's the thing. Spam, I actually love. Oreos, I actually love. Together, Together? absolutely not. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you follow Brunch Boys. Well, he's no longer Brunch Boys on Instagram, but it's what made him famous, Um, even though he's one boy. Jeremy uh, Jacobowitz, or Jacobowitz, um, forgive me for fucking up your name, Jeremy, Uh, (laughs) but I love you. Uh, He's super popular on on the Instagrams, and he actually made this, and he was even grossed out. It's basically the McDonald's bun, two slabs of Spam, some mayo, and crushed Oreos. And he goes, it's the saltiest thing you can uh, find and the sweetest thing you can find. Combined, you can find, combined into one. And he goes, it's, it's gross. Look, I love a uh, sweet and salty uh, dichotomy in my food. I think those are very addictive flavor profiles when, when you put them together. But no, sis. Like, I mean, I just, like, what? It's not like... Uh, you know, they gave them like, you know, mystery ingredients in a basket, like on chopped. Like this was a conscious decision that they sat around a table and like and wrote made. paperwork about. I can't. So uh, in your mouth, listeners, this is a cut set to roll out at uh, McDonald's China. Thank you, Delish.com, which now Delish.com is starting to charge for their articles. And I'm going to need someone at Delish.com to reach out to me. Okay. FYI. <laughs> Um, America's favorite burger joint is now delivering one of the most unique burgers out there, a Spam Burger topped with Oreo crumbles. So I really feel like this is for the Instagram ability, the Twitter, uh, the TikTok ability of it all, just to get people talking about it. Because why? You and I are talking about it. I mean, it's working. And you are, you're totally correct because, you know, uh, on the, the talk as I like to call it now, um, the tickety talk talk. Uh-huh. Um, there is like it's crazy. I just had a video come across my feed the other day that was like somebody requested uh, uh, that uh, I want to see how a McRib is made. And so there's a McDonald's worker who like makes videos of you know him assembling McDonald's sandwiches. And I'm sorry, this McRib video is. And nasty. <laughs> like I just, I'm like, I look at it and I'm like, I, how can you eat that? Um, and so you're probably right. I think it's only going to be a matter of time before we see the spam and Oreo sandwich yeah. video popping. Up I know, on our and screen. we and we will get to the best of the food trends in 2020 as well. But I don't think you and I are here for this at mm-hmm. all. Sorry, sorry, Mickey D. He's not today. You can give the gift of a private cooking class with Nick Jonas, which might be the best gift of all. No, you want to know what the best gift of all with uh, it, that involves Nick Jonas is, Adam? I mean, I can guess. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Jonas naked tied to my bed. Yeah, be the apron best. only. <laughs> No, apron, no. Well, you can tie him up with the apron. Oh, okay, sure. Whatever floats your boat. (laughs) It'll start in the kitchen and end in the bedroom. Well, I live in 120 square feet, so my kitchen is my bedroom, is my living room, bathroom, and closet. Yeah, yeah, ditch ditch the apron. You don't need it. Um, Okay, I uh, retweet. I'm into that. Yeah, right? So, Is he um, a good cook? Is he a cook? I I don't know. You know what? I I would watch Nick Jonas read read the yellow pages if they still exist. <laughs> um, that's that's I'm showing my age, and it's uh, what is it? Like 
eight days, six days till my uh, 40th birthday. So <gasps> basically, Virtual Taste of South Beach is selling a, a set of five interactive cooking experiences that feature demonstrations from highly skilled chefs, as well as appearances by some of your favorite celebrities. In your mouth, listeners, hint, 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 if you want to buy Munoz a gift, get me some airtime with Nick Jonas. Yes. I mean, yeah, if I the, had the money. Right. I mean, the chefs include Danny Garcia, Dario uh, Caccini, uh, Masaharu Morimoto, and Jose Icardi. Each chef will share how to cook some of their signature dishes and will be accompanied by stars like Nick Jonas, Brian Cranston, Aaron Paul, Juliana Rancic, and Marcel Wanders. Wow. It's 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. okay. Wow, that's cute. Yeah. And you yeah, know, Nick Jonas cute. was on Smash, honey. And yeah. I'm obsessed with that. Listen, <laughs> Nick, I will, I will put on a wig and, and you can call me Priyanka for all I care. <laughs> What's my name? <laughs> I live. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I am a sucker for you. And that's all we got to say about that. And finally, Captain Morgan has a gingerbread flavored rum so you can make a spice filled cocktail. And for those of you, you know, dipping and dabbing in Adam's Coquito recipe, you might as well just throw this in there too and call it. Coquito. <laughs> you said it before I did. I, I thought I was going to be like, maybe I could use it in my Coquito gasp. Um, right? No. I, shade, to the, shade to the end. I will say this. I love gingerbread, period. <laughs> period. Uh-huh. Um, and so one of the things that I love about Christmas is, uh, and the holiday season in general, is that a lot of liquor companies come out with like really interesting flavors. There's like a peppermint bark rum chata that's been floating around. Oh my God, throw it in my coffee. Yes, I yeah, love exactly. a rum chata There's, coffee. So that's one thing I love about the holiday spirit is that they come out with all kinds of different holiday spirits. Um, and so I, I can get behind, I'm for that. Although spiced rum, the only times I've puked from drinking, spiced rum. Well, I mean, it is the holiday season. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's appropriate. Right? Just I, kneeling at the porcelain throne on Christmas Eve. Hello? I mean, what else are you doing? Like, you're alone at home. Oh, well, no. Exactly. You're not alone I'm staying home. home. That's what so, I'm doing. I mean, listen, if you're going to drink, drink responsibly, folks. We have uh, always like, hello. But I am here for this gingerbread Captain Morgan's. Um, why not? Why not okay. just, just spice up? Spice up your life. <laughs> Slam it to the left. <laughs> if you're having a good time. You know, um, <laughs> you know, shot of shot of Captain Morgan gingerbread rum, hit a poppers, and you're set for the evening. I and with mean, that, uh, I think ready that's and the best way to end. Food news update. <laughs> you know what my other favorite thing about 2020 and all these people that have been on my pod? Tell me. Uh, is that the Munoz thirst is real. I think I have hit on almost every last guest. It's what we do, though. You know, the gays, we're so playful. That has been on the pod, you know. Sorry, Jonathan Hoover. (laughs) Don't worry, you can come to the party, too. I'll just slide in between. Yeah, maybe we'll host. Yeah, it's all right. You know, I'll get a COVID test. It'll be great. Stop! As he blushes on screen. You see what I see what I did there? See what I did there? Hope you're listening, Jay Hoops. And so <laughs> but I wanted to go back to <laughs> the the best um food trends of 2020. Mm-hmm. And 99.9% of them were brought to us by TikTok. Yes. Starting, starting off with my favorite, Dalguna Coffee. Did you try the Dalgona coffee? TikTok? Oh, is this the whipped coffee trend situation that was yes, going on? Yes, yes. See, I have not tried that. We we like uh, a nice, strong, basic cup of coffee in, mm-hmm. in the uh, Tabalaya Hoover household. Um, and so we don't get too fancy with it. But I saw a shit ton of videos of people doing it. Yeah, I myself have one. 
Oh, really? In a wig. In a wig. Yes, I'll send well, it to. I'll that's, send it to you. That's the it's, content we're all looking for. Yes, me in a wig, and I spill it all over myself. It's great. <laughs> Incredible. But if you want to talk strong coffee, it's fucking strong. It's really, really, really because strong. that's yes, and it's and it's reminiscent. If you've ever had a Greek frappe, it's oh, very sure. reminiscent. It's just the Thai version of that. It's delicious. Uh, you know what? Put some booze in it and call and call it a recipe from my. We got bartender. some Baileys on hand, honey. Yes, <laughs> and you have some so-called coquito on hand too. Okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna okay. let it go. Okay, <laughs> you said we weren't gonna talk about this all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh Don't come for me. I'm you're gonna Filipino. be so mad. You're gonna be so mad. That, that means you're half Latino. <laughs> I mean, yes. There is Spanish blood in these veins, honey. I, 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 I'm sure they've been more than Spanish. Well, you know what? Um, pancake cereal has also been a big food trend of 2020. Have we tried the pancake cereal? Uh, no, like, look, tiny, tiny cooking makes me really uncomfortable. I'm just going to go out there and say it. I know that it's satisfying for some people. But uh, there's something about, like, the really little uh, yeah. aspect of it. Um, it and like I love pancakes... I love pancakes, but I I need the knife and fork, and I need to put a fried egg and bacon and maple. Like I need all the stuff on top yes, of it. Bring it full circle, National Bacon Day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. You know, so pancake cereal trend was people making tiny pancakes and then throwing it into a bowl of milk and calling it cereal. They also we, did that. They also did that with like donuts. They also did that with something else too. Yeah, um, tiny, look, tiny food, huge trend in 2020. I also found on the tick, Tickety Talks, um, there's uh, tiny grocery shopping is huge. So it's like they have an entire like doll-sized supermarket set up and they drive with their large human arm a small, tiny shopping cart. People send requests for lists, shopping lists, and then they drive the tiny cart and collect the tiny products, and then they bag them in tiny bags. And they're like, your order is ready for pickup. This is a real... You didn't know about this 2020 food trend. <laughs> this is a food trend you did that. Tiny grocery shopping. It is crazy. We have lost our fucking minds. 2020, man. <laughs> like... This is what we're doing. These are. <laughs> oh my God. What the. But fuck? like, okay. But you know what? So, size... all of that to say that you and I are apparently size queens then. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, uh, this is not. It's just, it's crazy uh, what takes off on TikTok. And so, oh we got pancake cereal, we got whipped coffee, we got a we donut got cereal. There are barbecue hacks. There was ice cream cake. There was do it yourself hazelnut spread. Why, when there's already Nutella? There was cream cheese and bell peppers, which I'm like, Okay, great. Cream cheese and bell peppers. Who the fuck cares? There's a lot of um, like keto stuff going on there, which is basically just yeah. things made in a waffle iron encased in cheese. Yeah. I've like that's like the the key to keto. Apparently, is yeah. just a lot of cheese and cheese and a waffle iron. Cheese and meat. Oh my god! For Christmas, someone sent me Omaha steaks. Ooh, what cut? Ooh, uncut. No. <laughs> ah, the best kind. The best kind of cut. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> drip, drip, drip. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Are you listening, Jonathan? No. Um, <laughs> um yeah, um, I love the look. Food trends amazing. But yes. I again surprised that Miss Tabitha Brown did not make your list. I know. Vegan uh, queen vegan of queen social media. Of social media turned inspirational queen. Shout out to you. I just, you know what? So much happened this year and there was so much to pull and like we're already at an hour, I'm sure, of this podcast. So it's like, how do you all like condense it and like it just got lost in the mix, but she was a blessing. Her and the Gordon Ramsay TikTok reactions of mm -hmm. people making food and him just be uh, like being disgusted by it all was a true and true blessing. Yeah, it's really incredible to me how uh, the TikTok platform has really become a launchpad for food personalities. Like, I just joined uh, like a month ago and I'm like trying to figure, I don't understand the algorithm, but. Um, the the reach that it seems to have is really uh, exciting, and people seem you know it. People uh, it really 
stretches your creativity, I think, um, which is really inspiring for people who are doing this kind of thing. So I think it's a really cool platform for people to share these kind of recipes like Coquito, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like... (laughs) What, uh, coquito. Yeah. yeah. Speaking uh, of other drinks well, that were trending this year, the Starbucks uh, uh, pink drink apparently was uh, trending this year. Frozen vodka, raspberry lemonade was trending. White claw slushies w- were trending. Mm-hmm. Uh, whipped matcha lattes. Someone is taking out all your all your recycling. <laughs> There. How many bottles have you been going through? I know those are all my empties, just clinking in the in the garbage. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> this cocktail called the Fat Man, which uh, resembles an Irish slammer, includes dropping a shot glass of alcohol into a tall glass. You'll need Dr Pepper, vanilla vodka, Fireball, and dark rum. Oh, maybe some. Uh, Captain Morgan gingerbread rum. Oh, there you go. Look Circle it around. Whip. Drop shots are a little are a little uh, suspect for me personally. Tra- That's not. A, a, they're a little trash. Walk, it's not. It's not my style. But you know, if you if no. you're out and you want to get wasted, have at it. So. Watermelon margaritas were really popular. Whipped strawberry milk. Oh, and a Starbucks double chocolate chip frappe. Look at that work look at the decadence the decadence of it all i mean we can't we really could not get enough of like just the food isms from banana bread to to baking actual bread which i failed at this year for thanksgiving (laughs) what kind of bread were you making sourdough Oh, that's that's like super advanced. No, it was actually going really, really well till I overproved it. And ah. then when I flipped it out, it got stuck and then it deflated and then I, I fucked it up. I know where I went wrong with it. I, oh, okay. You know? So for next time. For next time. Paul Hollywood was uh, would be very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get say, a handshake. <laughs> to say, no, I did not get a handshake. Oh, no Hollywood goodness. handshake for you. Oh my God, no Hollywood handshake. That was a big thing. Um, I don't know if that was this year or last year. The Paul Hollywood crotch shots because his pants oh. were so tight. I mean, look, you. there is no denying that that man is like a sexy, like silver daddy with those wolf eyes. I mean, those, come yeah. on. And uh, allegedly he's packing heat. <laughs> he can butter my biscuit any day. <laughs> He can mm. he can test out your proving buns yeah. any day or something yeah. like that. Your crotch looks a bit stodgy. Oh my oh my god. Oh <laughs> he's got that stodgy crotch, you know what I'm saying? Oh my god. Well, you know, um that's that's very in on dirty Twitter, I hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Um favorite memories of twenty uh, of twenty twenty. Do you have any favorite memories as we start to close this out? Uh, I think one of my favorite memories, other than um, taking to the streets when the president-elect was announced, that was a really uh, exciting day, I think, for a lot of us. Um, So that was a really, really high point, um, knowing that we as uh, as a country came together to fight for what is right. Um... So that was a really high point. Uh, it was the first time I'd say in the pandemic, you know, we rented a, a Revel scooter and drove all the way down Broadway. And at every major intersection, there were just throngs of people outside, like screaming and clapping and crying and popping bottles of champagne. And it was like, we all have been joking about New York City being a ghost town. And it was like, wow. But I mean, it was so alive. It just, it was like, we all took a collective breath. Um, and uh, people were just walking around smiling underneath their masks, but like you could just you could just feel everybody had pep in their step. And um, I think after the kind of year that we've had, uh, that was a a really high point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopes for twenty twenty one. Um, continuing to collaborate in this like queer food world. Like, I am so inspired by the work that you're doing, by the work that so many of other people in our industry um, and in our queer community are doing. Um, People are really 
becoming creative. Uh, they're really stretching their ability levels with, you know, the time that we've had um, and what we've been learning about ourselves through uh, the pandemic. Um, and so I, I think that collaboration for me is kind of the, the 2021 word because we can't do it alone. You know, if, if we've learned anything throughout this pandemic, it's that we, we, have to, we have to get behind one another and support each other. Um, and so I, I think that I hope that I hope for a lot of really positive collaboration in 2021 in all aspects of my life. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if we, if we learned anything this year, it was the fact that it takes a village. It It really does. it, It takes a village from all of our essential workers, you know, the delivery people, especially those delivery people. And the grocery store workers. Yes, of course, the doctors and the scientists that have been on the front lines, but those delivery workers who, when this thing was really, really bad and they were out there delivering your food, putting themselves at risk, putting their, themselves, their families at risk, right? Not only to bring you your food, but because they need the money and they needed the work. Right. You know, like $600 ain't helping nobody. So (laughs) it's, um, it's, it takes a village. And that's why I think it was so special to me, this, the way the year ended out on this pod, because it just seemed that like I had been reaching out and reaching out and reaching out to no avail. And then finally people were like, oh yeah, we, we see what you're doing. And like, this is good. And it took this village to put this together and I want, and it's what I'm doing in you know, corralling us all in one space, you know, only to lead us into a different space where we can all corral and commune perhaps in person one day. You know what I mean? And it will happen. And I I think it's really awesome that you're doing this kind of work and connecting our community in this way. um, Because, you know, we all like sharing all of our stories and all of our experiences is really how we begin to reach and connect with people who may not understand us. Um, and so by being by giving people a platform to express themselves and tell their stories, you're kind of providing a way for us to uh, understand one another um, and, and find similarities with one another. And I think that's been something that we're going into 20, 2021 with is that like we have more in common than the things that drive us apart truly as human beings. And so if you can create a space that elevates these voices and brings joy to the people that are listening, um, I think it only really serves that idea. And so um, you're doing the good work, Munoz. You know what I'm saying? Thanks. Thanks. Right. Buy my merch. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Buy his merch. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh my goodness. Well, this has been a great way to end 2020. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming on to laugh at at me and with <laughs> me and, you know, provide us some, uh, some inspiration and some insight into this year in review. This has been really, really special just getting to know you, you know, and... And yeah, I just I just love this moment and I really, really cherish cherish you and the support and love you give me from afar and soon to be in person. And uh, <laughs> well, you know what I have to say. Help I'm, myself. I just I'm just myself. thrilled to uh, be back and chatting it up with you. And it's just it's nice to uh, you know be able to have these kinds of conversations with another person that's in this industry. And I think that 2021 is going to be a really good year for queer food. Um, I, I absolutely and wholeheartedly agree. Give the kids all the information. Let them know where they can find you. Yes, you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and now TikTok at my gay bartender. Uh, all kinds of fun recipes, uh, authentic or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tips, musical theater malarkey. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a good old gay time with a little bit of booze and uh, and oh occasionally God. some special guests. So 
I'm hoping that, you know, in 2021, maybe you'll be on a full episode with me. Um, um, yeah. We can, we can collaborate and uh, make something together. I think that would yeah, be let's, totally lit. Let's plan it. Let's plan Once, it. you know, the vaccine's all administered and shit. So, you, yes. know, you know, a year from now. Yes, yes, yes. Listen, um, those Instagram lives are, are like double screened and whatnot. There's Where there's a will, there's a way. Is all I have to say. Yes, indeed. Well, out there, I hope you have a safe and happy new year with safe being the at the forefront of your mind. We have to take care of each other. Please, please, please drink responsibly, wear your masks, take care of your friends, right? We want to be able to celebrate together actually in person in 2021. And, you know, shit is crazy out there. Still crazy. There's like allegedly a new strain running around, right? Of course, 2020. So take care of each other. Happy New Year. Buy my merch, www.themunoz.com forward slash mouth merch. It's really fucking cute. And as always, whether you buy the merch or not, thank you for listening to in yo mouth happy new year happy new year in yo mouth look around you can find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.